It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to Friday and the COB. Scuddy, good to see you. Likewise, mate. It's been a long time between drinks. It has been a while, hasn't it? And uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's a funny period we're in at the moment because um, we're sort of we're wedged by holidays and managing to get a bit of trade in between. Yeah, a little bit of trade in between. And uh, maybe that explains what we're witnessing today on the local market. Uh, yeah, pretty ugly end to the trading week, it's got to be said. And uh, kind of almost out of nowhere, uh, we are talking about record highs only uh, a day or two ago. Then all of a sudden, splat. Well, macro matters. You well know that. It's uh, what's going on, particularly stateside, uh, that hawkish Fed speak out of the mouth of uh, Jay Powell, of course, uh, even the ECB, maybe not Christine Lagarde, but certainly some of her lieutenants talking in that uh, tone as well, being a little more hawkish. And we see where those uh, bond rates are going, particularly the short end. Yeah, the short end of the curve, massive moves overnight, particularly in Germany and the like. We saw that producer price index come out uh, earlier in the week, uh, talking about 31% increase year on year in those prices. Uh, and obviously, it's consumer level, not quite that level, but uh, still very high. And, uh, talking about getting that refi rate, which is the equivalent of our cash rate here for the RBA, back into positive territory by uh, October. A lot of people thought there'll be no chance one iota's chance of getting that done at any point in the future. So it looks like the whole dynamic has changed and uh, certainly having a big impact on bond yields and the valuations of uh, riskier assets further out the uh, the curve. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment, obviously, how that's playing out as far as equities are concerned. But uh, you speak of the RBA there. Interesting that Westpac came out today saying they expect the the bank to, to lift its cash rate by 40 points at the June meeting. That would, of course, take it up to half a percent. Yeah, the lofty level of half a percent. But uh, yeah, I, I made the point on, uh, on social media. If the RBA is going 40 to go and kick off the tightening cycle in a month and a bit's time, it should be hiking rates now. Uh, it just says to me that uh, it's delaying for another purpose. Well, uh, that purpose may well be the election. Uh, look, it's always a bit tricky, isn't it, during the election? It is. At the same time, though, it, uh, it's an independent body. It should be doing uh, what's uh, best for the, uh, the people of Australia, which is in its, uh, its, its mandate. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't quite get this you know, thing where you can't go and get involved in the middle of an election cycle. Interest rates should not be at 10 basis points, <laughs> given this where we sit in the cycle right now. Uh, they should be high, and they should have probably moved a lot earlier than what we're talking about here It's and a now. familiar refrain, isn't it, that we're hearing across the world at the moment, uh, particularly just given where inflation is going right now. So, Scuddy, taking a look at equities today, how it played out, uh, you know, we saw um, – in fact, taking a look at Wall Street – uh, those those reversals were pretty rapid after uh, those words came out of uh, Jay Powell's mouth. Yeah. Um, and, of course, then we opened lower as a result. Um, as you said, we were within spitting distance, I guess, of those, um, those record highs, not to be. 
um, most of the categories falling. The miners having a particularly bad day. Yeah, out of nowhere as well. And uh, look, the underlying price of the commodities itself, particularly, you know, we know that iron ore is a very uh, key uh, component when it comes to our mining sector. Uh, it had, didn't fall that far at all. But uh, and the Aussie dollar was off a long way as well. It was just a classic risk-off environment, uh, something you don't see that regularly. But everything was being tossed out today. And uh, it makes you wonder whether potentially we're looking at a more more serious uh, turning point here for the market because what happened on Wall Street last night, the price action uh, on something that was you would expect that was already pretty much known by the market and fully priced at least by the rate side of the equation tells you that uh, you know, a lot of people are a bit twitchy out there at this point in time. Bearing in mind, we have had quite a few updates just over the past couple of days for the miners, the likes of Rio and BHP today with Oz Minerals, Mineral Resources. Interestingly too, Scuddy, um, we're seeing the impact of COVID on those businesses now. It's, it's a bit of a lag effect, isn't it? Because obviously it affected the rest of the economy much earlier. But now, and I guess in Western Australia, given COVID has really taken hold, even the Premier. Yeah, Mark McGowan, of course, I shut the border again, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's the consequence of the other uh, policies that are being run there. Now that we know that uh, what's happening, uh, COVID's in Western Australia, as it has been in other parts of the country for a little bit longer, uh, it's very difficult to go and, and stop Omicron. And uh, now the question that's been asked, and we know that's happening here in New South Wales and Victoria today, I think at 6pm, uh, the uh, close contact rule is going to be scrapped. Uh, that's going to be a question mark for, uh, for WA health officials to go and ponder whether that's going to be something that's going to be required to go and free up some of that available labour because we know, looking at what's going on across the country with, uh, with job vacancies and, uh, and job ads and the like, that uh, there is very, very tight labour market conditions out there. So it doesn't take much to go and cause disruption. The other issue for those miners, particularly in the iron ore space, is what's going on in China. Uh, with, once again, COVID being the big issue, given the massive uh, lockdown, certainly in Shanghai. And Scotty, every day you shout out the word, Dalian, where is it? Um, what's going on today? It was a bit softer when I last looked. I haven't been paying pretty close attention, to be honest. I'm doing a few, uh, a few bits and bobs for, uh, for the market newsletters and the like, but it was down quite substantially earlier on. But it wasn't to the same degree as what you'd, uh, you'd expect to see. The miners were down. And uh, it does, is volatile from, uh, from day to day. And uh, to be honest, like the spot markets don't, aren't anywhere near as volatile. So interesting moves. Once again, it's just like you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, but yeah, it's it's concerning what's going on in China. There's no sign, no let up at all that that, that uh, zero COVID policy is going to be uh, scrapped anytime soon. And that's going to go and sap that consumer side of the economy. Well, China also affecting well so many other businesses too. Tesla among them. And it's, uh, is it, it's, it's mega factory or it's gigafactory? No, the giga. Uh, gigafactory, yeah. Uh, that has been shuttered at this point, given what's going on there. That clearly is affecting the business. Nonetheless, Tesla out... Uh, with its uh, latest results, it's still managing to push through more than 300,000 units in the, part, in the last quarter because uh, it's now opened these factories in, in Berlin as well as Austin, Texas. Uh, it, it, it keeps going, doesn't it? And it's all about this EV story. And we, of course, we've spoken about lithium in the past. It's all part of that thematic at this point. But uh, interesting to see this company... In, we're going to get it, of course, um, as far as uh, Elon Musk is concerned. He's got his finger in so many pies at the moment. We'll get to that in a moment. But, um, Scotty, how do you look at Tesla? I think uh, it's obviously a clear first mover advantage, and uh, it's got a lot of uh, no very, very uh, – 
enthusiastic fans uh, and a lot of people who you know, do a lot for Elon Musk uh, and put a lot of faith in him. Uh, I still reckon that uh, some of those legacy manufacturers who you know make great cars right now, but uh, the uh, internal combustion engines, I think uh, it wouldn't take too long to go and get back up to speed. And that's where I reckon Tesla down the line might have a few issues to go and grapple with. I don't think you look in the likes of Europe uh, where the big push is going on to go and get as many uh, clean and green vehicles on the roads. And Tesla's dominance in that market is uh, is nowhere to be seen. Well, I, that, I think that's part of what we might be seeing more broadly globally in the years ahead. I think its business model, though, is to remain a premium brand. Um, and we'll see that and maybe become the iPhone of, of cars, if you like, with all the add-ons that, that go with that. And you talk about those legacy car makers. I think that's what we're waiting for, particularly in Australia, because so many Australians would say, yeah, Love to have an EV, particularly where petrol prices are at the moment. But those prices are clearly too high for mm. most people at this point. Once you get some of those other car makers in there offering some competitive product, then you're going to start seeing it moving. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. And uh, that's where I've always had question marks over Tesla in the longer term. I think it's a, it's a fantastic and innovative company. There's never been any doubt about that. But uh, I just question whether it's going to go and be able to get the scale because a lot of brand loyalty exists out there at the moment. And uh, you talk about the likes of uh, Apple and the like. Uh, well, who's to say that Apple won't go and partner up with some mm. of those other car manufacturers and use its technology and its chips to go and build uh, some of these cars of the future? And that's one thing that we need to be paying very close attention to. That's right. Driving around in a revved up iPhone. Uh, all right. Well, look, Tesla was our stock of the day and we had, uh, um, we had uh, Andrew uh, talk to us about that from uh, Strawman. And uh, also uh, Clive Walker from uh, A Rich Life. Let's have a listen and see how they think of Tesla. Basically, I agree with those people that, you know, Tesla is an interesting stock for sure. Um, I guess on the other hand, you have people saying, look, it's an interesting stock, but it's priced completely crazily. It can't grow into its um, valuation. It's, you know, just simply too high. And look, that I am sympathetic to that point of view as well. Um, Tesla, sociologically, if you look at the trends, you know, Elon Musk, his massive persona, does a lot to boost the share price a lot of people do just like blindly buy tesla shares because you know electric vehicles you know i would not be surprised if eventually the sociological um cycle does come for tesla mm. and we might see some of the optimism come out of the share price and that that's when it would be more interested to me it's defied all of the critics it's it's a phenomenal business it's the only game in town when it comes to electric vehicles if you want an ev what are you going to get right it's it's the iphone of electric vehicles you yes there are other ones out there but you know they are they are orders of magnitude behind where where tesla is um they've you know revenues up what close to 200 percent over the last three years and swung into profitability they're not even at scale and they're generating a 10 percent net margin for a car company, right? Um, but I wouldn't bet against it. So I'd, I'm like Claude, I don't know it well enough to sort of say definitely buy, definitely sell. But uh, I think anyone who's got a bit of money in there, I'd be loath to get rid of it just because the optionality is so massive. So there you go. It's not really um, Claude's thing. Uh, Andrew says, look, you know, essentially, if you're in it, hold it. Uh, look at where EVs are going right now. Yeah, and they'll do probably another share split soon. And up, up yeah, a little right. go again. We know what happened last year. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, of course, I, I preface that with what's going on with Elon Musk. As I said, he's got his finger in so many pies at the moment. He's just a little busy with Twitter, but he has rounded up a few mates, managed to raise a few bucks, and he's going to have another crack. Yeah, 46 billion on, 46 and a half billion. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. Funny is a cured. 
You could actually say it legitimately rather than doing it on Twitter and get in trouble with the uh, SEC. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a hostile takeover, it looks like. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to see how that's going to be avoided, uh, despite what the board may think and what he's going to do with the company. That's going to be fascinating. Maybe a, a edit button. <laughs> <laughs> if they do edit the tweets, I want it to be a premise with a little uh, icon to say that the, uh, the tweet has been edited uh, just for uh, no clarity's sake. All right. What, what else have we been looking at today? Uh, any interesting interviews for you, Scotty? Uh, Thomas Atkinson from, uh, from FX Evolution, actually, on the trade. Uh, Really good to go get a technical look at uh, some of the, uh, the the setups here. And uh, it brought to my attention that uh, not only is the S&P 500 on a pretty key support level right now, uh, US 10-year note yields, uh, benchmark yields there, also uh, sitting right on uh, no very, very key resistance. So that two things there could go and really determine the outlook for risk assets over the next uh, no, next few months and maybe even over the course of this year. So keep a close eye on that. I really enjoyed the chat because uh, you know, it gives you a sense that uh, over the next week, it's going to be pretty important the price action. All right. Well, look, I think that uh, probably does it for a Friday, given uh, we've got to prepare for another long weekend. Scuddy, uh, it is another shortened week next week. What can we look forward to? Uh, well, the inflation report in Australia yeah, is going to be uh, front and centre. That's going to be uh, the key focal point. Will it be hot enough to go and prompt the RBA to be forced into action ahead of the election? That's going to be one of the key talking points. I'm looking forward to going digesting that before and after over the course of the week. Yeah, of course, and that is the week before the uh, the next uh, RBA meeting. And then, of course, we, we're into May and we talk about uh, what the Fed's likely to do and just how far it's likely to go. Yeah, absolutely. And then next week as well, we'll get some of the uh, really big boppers when it comes to the tech earnings as well in the state. So, you dare say that you put the technical side of the equation, the price action we've seen recently, and it's going to be a pretty pivotal week ahead, you'd imagine. Yeah, stay tuned on Ausbiz. Of course, we do have the quarter report uh, every day as we wrap up all those earnings stateside. Hey, Scotty, have a great weekend. You too, mate. I'll see you on Tuesday. See you then.